Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Nick Davis! Nick Davis! I don't believe it! I see it, but I don't believe it! Hey, and welcome to a new episode of I See It But I Don't Believe It. Today I'm joined by a big Essendon fan, an ex-Xavier boy, so knows his shit. <laughs> I mean, by by trade, right? Oh, yeah. You have to know about football if you go to Xavier. Yeah, it's, it's a, a given. Rule. It's a given. Yeah. You don't get in otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> Chris, how you doing? Good. Thank you for having me. <laughs> you just sounded really scared. I was. <laughs> I was like, I don't know if Xavier people listening are going to get... <laughs> Well, today we're talking about your team, Essendon, and a huge rivalry they've had for a really long time, since yep. before either of us were born, uh, the Essendon-Hawthorne rivalry. Yes. You came to me with kind of the very last part of it and said, can we talk about this? And I said, how about we talk about the 20 years preceding it too? Yeah. And you said, okay, I have to do what you say. <laughs> so, I just bowed down. Yeah, exactly. You have no choice. <laughs> Um, and as a Sydney supporter, I also hate Hawthorne, so I love talking about this. <laughs> because most of it, until where we're going to stop, mm. Essendon kind of got their way, didn't they? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, which is great for all of us. So, <laughs> let's start out in 1983, Hawthorne-Essendon Grand Final. <laughs> <laughs> 1983 Grand Final, Hawthorne-Essendon, and Hawthorne smash Essendon. It's a very rough game. And Dipper... Oh, very of that time, though. Yeah, but particularly because Hawthorne were kind of thuggish. Yeah. Probably continued to be for a very long time, yeah. but let's not go into that. <laughs> um, but the, the, probably the biggest part of this, other than the result, where S, uh, Hawthorne kind of smashed you guys by 70-something points, but yeah. um, Dipper took out Stoneham and completely like destroyed his face. I think he had multiple fractures in his face, and he copped a five-week ban for it. And that kind of is where it all started because this clash in the grand final was very physical and they played the next two grand finals back-to-back, same teams, and Essendon took the next two away. Um, in 1984, Sheedy kind of lit the fires a little bit yeah. by suggesting that Hawthorne were taking illicit substances. Yeah. Um, the exact words I can't remember, but it was something about snorting something they shouldn't. Um, so... Take of that one. That's you very want. shady heated. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that kind of burnt the fire to get Essendon like riled up to come back at them and they smashed them in the next grand final in eighty four. Then in eighty five, again, Hawthorne Essendon Grand Final. It was Lee Matthews' last game and the game actually started right after the first bounce with it, like a bench clearing brawl on the wing. So that kind of is where all of this stuff started. Yeah. To the point where we have modern-day incidents that we remember really vividly. But funnily, funny little piece of knowledge is that uh, Lee Matthews, that Lee Matthews post-snapping incident, yeah. was actually in 1982 in a Hawthorne-Essendon game. So, again, 
Rough and really? tumble. Really? Yeah. I did not know that. Yeah. I Fun found, fact of the day. Found, found that out looking this up. So it kind of shows the physical nature of what was going on. And we know yeah. Lee Matthews was a very aggressive physical footballer, but his team was very much like that as well. He stood yeah. out, obviously, because he was the only player ever to be arrested for an incident on a field. But Hawthorne Essendon hate each other. Oh, yeah. And a lot of Essendon... Like older Essendon supporters have that visceral hatred for Hawthorne because they're taught it growing up. Yeah, because I feel that, like, as an Essendon supporter growing up, it's very, you know, you hate Carlton, you hate Collingwood. But there was Hawthorne there. Like, there was always, and it never really struck a chord as to why. It's just like, okay, we hate Hawthorne. Yeah. It's just, it was just always, it wasn't like Anzac Day is its own thing. And any game against Carlton's, you know, can be any result on any given day. So you just don't know and you expect that you're going to lose or something. Well, last year. Exactly. Don't remind me. <laughs> Do not remind me. <laughs> Dale Thomas, that's a different topic. Um, oh, man. But, yeah, the Hawthorne stuff, you just there was just some serious hate. And even you'd speak to Hawthorne supporters and they just had real hate. And I never really got it because yeah. a lot of this didn't happen. In your lifetime. Yeah, in my lifetime until, you know, we get to, you know, the line in the sand stuff. And that's where it all kicks in. Yeah. Well, I hate them for very clear reasons. Um, anyway, and then after that, it seemed like one man that I dislike, don't know about you, seemed to keep stoking this little fire throughout the rest of the 80s. That man being Dermot Brereton. Oh. <sighs> yeah. The guy that complains there's not enough fights on football anymore. Because um, he was the one, he got centre of the attention and he was like the mm. WWE of AFL. Yeah. Yeah. In uh, two incidents that I wanted to point out, 1988, he kissed Billy Duckworth on the cheek after he gave away a free kick and riled him up and then ran through their huddle at three-quarter time yeah. to antagonise them. And then in the 89 semi-final, he knocked Vanderhaar out with what the Hawthorne website calls a shepherd. If you watch <laughs> it, it's not a shepherd. Uh, so... There's all these little incidents that continue to happen between these two teams throughout the rest of the 80s. Mm. And then it gets to round 20 in 1992, the year before Essendon won their Baby Bombers Premiership. Um, And Hawthorne scored a record score at the time of 32 goals, 24, 216 to Essendon's 8 goals, 8, 56. Respectable. Yeah. (laughs) Well, nowadays. It really is. So... Yeah, there's, there's a lot of anger continuing to build. And then it continues to be just tough games yeah. for the rest of the 90s. There's no big incidents. There's just all these kind of little things that happen that you kind of just let go. If it was between any other teams, you wouldn't mention it. So yeah. let's just leave it. Then we get to the 2001 prelim. Mm-hmm. And Hawthorne kicked themselves out of it, which meant that Essendon proceeded to the grand final. Yeah. And Hawthorne were not happy about that. Yeah. Hawthorne have a habit of kicking themselves out of finals, though. Let's just say that. Um, Shots so, fired. Well, 2012 grand final. Just going to say that. <laughs> and then in... So there's uh, that anger kind of building again. After all that stuff that happened in the 80s, it was very apparent why they hated each other. And then it kind of just simmered under the surface for a while. Yeah. And then this game was obviously quite significant. And then... The hatred from that 92 game where that massive score was kicked. So it's just, it's kind of the way that Melbourne and Geelong have been. Yeah. How Geelong destroyed them in that game in what, 2010 or 2013, whatever it was. Yeah, yeah. And then Melbourne, and then the two games last year where Geelong got over the line very late. Yeah. 
and then Melbourne smashed them in that final. It kind of was similar, just more aggressive in a way. <laughs> yeah. And then we get to 2005 and they're playing off and Dean Solomon had that toe poke towards the goals. Yeah. It clearly came off Jonathan Hay. The goal umpire awarded it a goal. This was before we had the third umpire, whatever we... What do we call it? Oh, I was, I've always referred to it as the third umpire. Let's say yeah. that. It's stupid. doesn't catch <laughs> things anyway. Jared McVeigh hand on the ball against North. Um, <laughs> but it was very clear that it came off Jonathan Hay. And Essendon won by two points, which yeah. is how much North won by in that Sydney game, just saying. <laughs> and uh, the umpires, after the fact, admitted that they got it wrong, which yeah. is probably the worst thing you can do because it makes it worse. Yeah. Um, if you get it wrong in that kind of scenario, just, just shut up. Yeah, like, just don't say a word. Yeah. It's like when the umpires came out after the 2016 grand final, like, yeah... The free kick count was wrong. And it's just like, mm. this doesn't help us it's now. It's like, oh, good on you that you've Thanks. let us come into your inner sanctum of reviews <laughs> and you've been told off. And you've ruined it for both teams. Yeah. Um, so, again, all these little things are building up, building yeah. up, building up. And Hawthorne, in the lead up to this line in the sand game, Hawthorne had lost 10 in a row against yeah. Essendon. And just for context, after this game, they went on to win 11 out of 15. Yeah. So it literally line in the sand. Mm. So let's talk about it. It's 2004. It's half time and Essendon are up by five goals. Yeah. And our favourite antagonizer gets uh, involved for D- Hawthorne. Dermy. Fucking Dermot Brereton. But see, there's there's so many different things about this half time thing. So there's Hawthorne say one thing and yeah. then there's the rumour that, you know, Derm pretty much directed the players to draw a line in the sand, literally, and just, you know, go out all guns blazing and take out every Essendon player. Yeah, because he was the chairman at the time. Yeah. So he came down and gave them all a G-up. Yeah. Told them to go out and be aggressive. Yeah, but that, and then, like, Hawthorne, like, or Hawthorne or Derm, whoever it was, came out and, like, oh, no, no, that's not what I said. I just, you know, said to be aggressive at the ball. I was like, well... Yeah, bullshit. And it's like, no. We, we Like, if it's gone out this much, like, everyone knows, and what results later mm. is not just, you know... Tackle harder. Mm. Yeah. And the way he talks about Essendon as well. Yeah. He's so, like, he's got such a visceral hatred for them mm. that you just know that he said more than what he's claiming oh, to Oh, exactly. Have said. Yeah. Anyway, the Hawks did get physical. Mm. There was, like, a little scuffle at the centre bounce. It wasn't anything too, like, drastic. Nothing no. that we don't see nowadays. But it kind of foreshadowed what was going to come up yeah. next. The ball is kicked down the wing out of defence for Essendon towards Jason Jason Winderlich. Yeah, Winderlich. And um and it wasn't quite on target, so Winderlich went to ground. And coming through was Chance Bateman, who got him late in the head with his knee. And yeah, yeah. it was pro- it was an aggressive attack, but I didn't see it as much like in today's game, like things happen. Mm. But it just sparked this thing where there were just spot fires all over the ground. Oh, exactly. Like even like I've got it. The Channel Ten like basically said it's like the most disgusting thing that's ever happened in AFL. Yet, mm. went on to say, "Let's show the fight because it's more interesting than the footy." It's yeah. just like, ah, oh, fucking idiots. Yeah. Um, but even like you've got like Vandenberg and like getting like McPhee, like Justin Murphy, all them, like all these players are just. Full on, like getting attacked. Adam McPhee, I think, got a free kick, but then had to go off because of a blood rule in his yeah. eye. Like it was just like it was like hell in a cell just kind chaos. of stuff. Yeah. And I mean, I've written. Can I just say in my notes? And I told you this before. I've written that it's the biggest and most childish brawl in modern footy. Yeah. I thought it was just unbelievably childish. Mm. Like, are you that fragile in your ego that you have to go out there and just? 
jumper punch dudes. Yeah. Like, it's not, and like. But that, the, the whole thing of a jumper punch, like, I just don't get it. Oh, like, it's idiotic. Yeah, it's just stupid. It's like you want to punch them, but there's a layer in between kind of thing. Like, it's just. It's, it's that so, protection from. Yeah, it's just so childish, mm. like, the whole notion of it anyway. But this game just sort of accentuated that even more. It was just yeah. like a whole lot of shoving just for the sake of shoving. And it was just everywhere on the ground. And, like, every time they tried to continue play after that, every time there was a contest, yeah. it would break out in a brawl again. And yeah. it was just stupid. And watching it now, you're just like, this is idiotic. Like, you're grown men. It's something you'd imagine, like, the punky guys would, like, do a recap video of. And it's just they've, like, gotten all the videos. And it looks like they've just gone back to back in the fight. Yeah. But it's literally how it yeah. happened. Like, and it's just stupid. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but a lot of players were leaving the ground under the blood rule, and mm. we all know that when there's a player leaving the ground under the blood rule, play stops until they can be replaced on the field in the right position. Mm. Um, but that didn't happen this time. The no. umpires clearly were just trying to get the ball moving so yeah. that the fights would stop, because you can only imagine what would have happened if, while players were coming off of the blood rule, they'd actually stopped the game. Yeah. It would have just gotten worse and worse and worse. So exactly. good on the umpires for having the fourth forethought to do that because there was no other way that they were going to control the situation. Exactly. But every single time there was any sort of contest, I distinctly remember one down in um, Hawthorne's forward 50. Mm. Fights again, and 90% of them after this were instigated by Hawthorne. Yeah. Um, and they just... Hawthorne just played undisciplined... Knowledge, like knowing that they were doing it. Yeah. They didn't play undisciplined because they were just really passionate about getting the ball. They were no. playing undisciplined because they wanted to go for the man. And yeah, they were just taking the man, not the ball. Yeah. It was and, just, um, it was just just to strike a chord almost, like basically be like, we're taking you out of this season. Yeah. And ironic because that you say that because they used all their energy fighting and then and they, they had lost. no energy to actually play football. Mm. There were so many passages of play after that where... Yeah. Essendon very easily transitioned it into the, an empty forward line because yeah. Hawthorne didn't have the energy to run. Exactly. And yeah. it was just, it was so silly. I'm, I just think it's stupid. Was it saying like, I think the end result was like 75 point 75 win or something. Cause I think, win. I think we were up by like 24, 30. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. And all of a sudden we, we end up running away with it just because they couldn't run with us. Exactly. It yeah. wasn't because they were getting free kicks. Well, there was one free kick, but yeah. you know, like they just were too busy fighting and it was just, <laughs> oh, again, can I say how stupid it was? This is 2004 grown men. Anyway, after the game, Vandenberg Brown and I don't know how to say his name, Piccioni. Yeah. Um, they were Lance, each, Lance Piccioni. Yeah, yeah. They were each suspended. So all Hawthorne players mm. they were each suspended for four games, which I think, Today it would be a lot more than oh, that. Today it'd probably be double. If yeah, well, six to eight. Easy. Considering their non-football acts and yeah. they were, it was pretty brutal. Like Vandenberg mm. was full on involved in multiple brawls. Yeah, and swinging arms. Yeah, I can't believe he only got four games. Um, but then seventeen players were fined, and it was a combined total of seventy thousand seven hundred dollars. Yeah, I think Justin Murphy cops like a massive fine. Yeah, from memory. So he headbutted, didn't he? Yeah, it was, it was, I'm gonna say like it was. You know, over 10 grand, yeah. I reckon. Ex-Carlton player, that's a fun fact. Yeah. Involved in that 99 prelim. Um, have talked about that. 
Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Not recently. Uh, <laughs> anyway, so that is probably the big moment that a lot of people remember, that mm. line in the sand game. Yes, Hawthorne then went on to win 11 of the next 15. So it did... Probably uh, was monkey off the back because nothing could ever be as bad as that. So now, but also Clarkson comes in because Peter Schwab was gone and Mm. turned the club around as well. So anyone that's like, people like Dermot Brereton that say that is what changed it, probably wrong because Essendon Mm. had their struggles after that. Hawthorne became quite a strong club after that. Yeah. Well, that's when like, fighting from, isn't from the that way moment, to solve problems. Oh, exactly. But like from that <laughs> moment, so much more happened than just we we got out of a fight and yeah. therefore you know our like perception changed mm. of everything. Like there was so much more going on. Like to simply say they went through hell and now they're better for it. That's yeah. why they want to like they won what they eleven out of fifteen. Like that's mm. that's utter crap. Yeah, yeah. Essendon just got worse and Hawthorne got better. Yeah. Anyway, the next big thing that we can remember was in 2009, and this yeah. was the incident that you initially came to me to talk yeah. about. So, Matthew Lloyd's last game, the final round of 2009. Yeah. So, they were playing off to qualify for the eighth spot, Pretty much, Yeah, because it was, I think, Essendon might have been eighth, Hawthorne ninth, or something like that, and the, it was essentially that year turned out to be like a 17 competition. Yeah. Because, you know, Essendon got flogged by Adelaide the week after. Standard. That's happened to you in finals a few times. Standard. We try not to get our hopes up these days, um, but never forget. I won't mention 2017. Please don't. But I already did. I, so. I forgot after the five minutes of Danaher mark goal that we won <laughs> the, the first game. Quarter. Yeah, we won the game in my eyes from that moment. We kicked nine goals in the next quarter. Um, but yeah, so essentially that became a decider, and then like there was so much going on. Like the fact I don't think Buddy Franklin was in the team that mm. game. I don't think. I don't think Joe Ruff had even played that game. No, I do remember. I do remember Hodge playing that game. Though. Yeah. Um, so what happened? So it's the start of the third quarter, and Hawthorne were up by twenty-two points, and Essendon knew that they needed to do something strong. Yeah. They did. They know that Lloyd was retiring. No. Well, I think that it was all rumored that Lloyd was done after that because he never was the same. Like after he did, I think it was his hammy or yeah. something like that. So I don't think it was necessarily he was going to retire, but like it was just murmured that he might, this might be his last game. Yeah. Um, can I take a moment here while we're on the topic of Matthew Lloyd yeah. to mention and appreciate, I don't think we acknowledge how good a player he was. Oh, we not at all. Like no one understands the fact that like he was kicking 10, 12 goals a game. His accuracy was incredible. Yeah. If Buddy was as accurate as he was, Buddy would have kicked 1,500 goals by now. Oh, if any forward was like 75% of what Lloyd was, like the game, the, no, not after every game would be like, oh, they're getting paid so much, I should know how to kick straight. Like that'd be gone. Yeah, he was unbelievable. And yeah. 
he played for quite a while, and mm. he's still up there in top 10 goal kicker yeah. of all time. Like, I it, think, yeah, to just a moment to appreciate. Ignore all the other stuff. Ignore yeah. his media comments if you don't like them. <laughs> ignore the fact that he people said he was soft, all that mm. sort of stuff. Ignore what we're about to talk about. Yeah. Very good player. But even, like, it, you're, you also, like, have to acknowledge, like, the partnership of Scott Lucas and yes. him. Like, that was, like, a severely underrated thing. Like, Essendon supporters still, like, there's that running joke of, like, Scott Lucas's left boot. Like, yeah. it's just, like, the most reliable thing under the sun. And, like, that joke comes from, you know, like, him kicking, like essentially nearly winning us that game against West Coast where he kicked, like, six or seven goals in the last quarter. Yeah, it was nuts. Like, it's just stuff that doesn't, you will ne- like, you don't see from forwards these days. So it's the start of the third quarter. Hawthorne are up by 22 points. And as we said, mm. winner of this game would make finals. Loser yeah. would, this was their last game for the season. And at that first contest... Uh, Lloyd kind of barreled into that contest and not intentionally. He was clearly intending to be tough at the contest and aggressive at the contest, but he did get Saul high and Saul got knocked out and fractured his face in multiple places. Because essentially, I think it was Lloyd pretty much at halftime got berated by what I think it was Matthew Knights at the time. Yeah. Like just basically like he said, you were like, like what we said before, soft, you know, his game was pretty average. So he knew he had to do something. Yeah. I think if you go back to that moment and like you speak to Lloyd now, he'll say, that was not his intention. Like, I think, if anything, I think he was going for Sam Mitchell at the time, like, to, to tackle him and make a mark of it. Yeah. But I think the ball fumbled, and it ended up going to Saul. And Saul dropped down a little yeah. bit as well. Yeah. yeah. But then I think, like, the Lloyd hit was one thing, but I think the rider as well, I think, knocked him, and that's mm. what co- that that's what caused the head knock. Yeah. And So it was a bad look, and it yeah. was not good at all, but I don't think he went in with the intention of destroying a guy's face. Yeah. This was incidentally, as you say, like coming towards the end of his career, this was after that Anzac Day game that we talked about as well. I spoke about with Luke recently on this program where Lloyd in that Anzac Day game, he was trying to kick his 800th goal and just could not convert. He just had a terrible game. So he was really winding down in his season and maybe physicality was the last thing he could try. Yeah. And this was what happened. So Sewell had, I think, a fractured eye socket and cheekbone. Yeah. Or a depressed cheekbone or something like that. And it, it looked horrible. So if you see the footage, Sewell completely just, like, seizes up and hits the ground. He's out immediately. Yeah. But Essendon took moment, momentum out of this and they yeah. won the game. But all people could remember was Lloyd. And yeah. he copped a suspension for this. Uh, yeah. Well, that essentially, like, affirmed that he was done. Yeah. So they went on to play the finals next week, but he mm. didn't play. Cause yeah. This ended up being his last game. So he retired. But the Campbell Brown thing, you, I know oh. you want to talk about Campbell Brown, but he was very, yeah. well, he was one of the banned players, from suspended players from yeah. 2004. Well, yeah. And then in this one, yeah. tell us. Well, I I distinctive, I just remember him, I think he got dragged off at he one did, point. Yeah, and because then he, he was getting into a scuffle. Yeah, and then he pointed to the Essendon bench yep. and like just basically blasted him. So I can't remember what was said, but he it was got yelling up that on the, Lloyd yeah. was a sniper. Yeah, and like basically was coming to get him, yep. kind of thing. And like, fair enough, like in the heat of the moment, like they were all fighting and everything, like everyone got involved. I think even Dustin Fletcher was like throwing a punch or something. Yeah, which is weird. <laughs> yeah, like with Inspector Gadget arms. Like, he was, his shirt was getting pulled over his yeah. head as well. <laughs> Yeah, like if you could get lift the top over that man, like that's like credit to you. But like everyone's getting involved. But the fact that like Campbell Brown sort of made it his own personal vendetta to yeah. point to the bench, I think that's where a lot of essence, or definitely my sort of 
hatred of Campbell Brown as a player, like, just kicked in. He, yeah, I think he just... I mean, his history after Hawthorne mm. is an example of that too. Yeah. Um, I mean, punching his teammates while they're away on a trip. Yeah. Not great. But, yeah, that kind of kind of brought up a lot of those feelings that started in the 80s and then from 2004. It wasn't like 2004 where a yeah. team, full team intentionally went out to cause havoc. Yeah. It was one player aggressive at the ball and did the wrong thing. Yeah. And I don't like condoning any sort of actions that concuss players or anything, but Lloyd did look really remorseful after it happened. Oh, he was mortified. Yeah, and he was not in like he was not involved in any arguments until everyone came at him. Yeah. He was pretty out of it because mm. he had run past the ball, obviously. Yeah. Not a great look though. No. Nah. Um it does remind me this game a little bit of the gaff incident last year. Yeah. Because again, and I'll probably get reamed for this, but Gaff did not intentionally punch Brayshaw in the face. Yeah. The action was awful, and yeah. we need to stamp out those stupid stomach punches and stuff because yeah, that yeah. was... Yeah, and, and just like those brain fades, essentially, I think that's what's referred to in the media. Exactly. Yeah. Like, those punching actions, he clearly was not trying to punch him in the face. There yeah. were so many, so many mitigating factors there that caused the broken jaw. It was fucking horrible. So yeah. let's just say that. I'm not saying you should break anyone's jaw. I'm not saying there's any excuses. No, but no. You're, a lot of players are conditioned in football to be physically aggressive, but a lot of players don't know how to make the like split the difference between physically aggressive at the ball and for the game mm. and just at the player. Yeah. And the gaff thing is an example of that because we see every week the bumping off the ball and the stomach punches and yeah. the Tom Hawkins ones in the throat, like yeah. stupid shit that they don't need to do that could have been stamped out a long time ago. Yeah. But the AFL's chosen not to do it. The MRO's chosen not to do it. The MRP's chosen not to do it. The media lets it go. Mm. They think it's a bit funny because the commentators sit there and be like, oh, it's all a bit of fun. Yeah. And then there's an incident like the gaff one where Andrew Brayshaw goes to change direction and lowers his body at exactly the same time that Gaff is going to do a jump, mm. uh, like a stomach punch. It gets him in the jaw, breaks his jaw, and ends an 18-year-old season. Yeah. If we were to stop these things earlier... Like, years ago, when stupid shit like the Tom Lynch one on Jeremy Laidler. Yeah. Clayton Oliver's done it before. Oh, Stephen May's done it before, Stephen yeah. May, Zach Jones. There are so many players that do it and get away with it. Mm. So, it escalates because t- nine times out of ten, it's not going to get someone in the face. But the yeah. tenth time when it does, it looks really bad. Oh, yeah. But if you stop those nine times, the tenth one isn't going to happen, is yeah. it? Yeah, exactly. So, that's, I think, what this is. Like, he ran through to be aggressive and exert himself on the contest yeah, and did it in the wrong way because it's not something he typically did. Mm. Footy well, is an unpredictable yeah. game. You see Lloyd in the centre of the square, like, that's just... How does that ever happen? No, like, that's never happened. So, like, obviously something's... There's a either a tactic change mm. or he's doing something like what he's done. And it's because he's been revved up by his coach. Yeah. Because he's not playing well enough. Yeah. And, yeah, a lot of these incidents come down to mentality. Yeah. The Dermot, This is why I don't like Dermot Brereton. Like, mm. his go-to reaction for things is violence. Yeah. Campbell Brown's go-to reaction for these things is violence. Mm. Those are the players we don't want influencing the game now. Yeah. And that's why I think this rivalry in the 10 years since this one happened mm. has largely simmered down because players aren't out there, 99% of players yeah, they're not out there aren't out there to hurt other people. And they're they don't want bloodshed. Yeah. Exactly. And I guess like the AFL has sort of cracked down a bit on these you know, 
punches to a to a degree. Yeah. But even so, like, it's just I think there's more on the line now for the player as opposed like they get rubbed out, and especially if they're in a premiership contending team. Like if this happened. You know, round a few rounds earlier, and Lloyd did that. It, Essendon screwed. Yeah, like even though Lloyd wasn't the same Matthew Lloyd that he's always been, he was still kicking goals. Yeah, exactly. He's still kicking you one or two a game yeah. or three, whatever it is. Like it's just that you don't want that on your conscience. Mm. Like if West Coast didn't win the premiership, Gaff would have probably thought that's on me. And this is the thing as well. Ninety nine percent of players. They don't want to hurt other people. Yeah. They don't want to cause that to other people. Yeah. Especially now with all the concussion stuff. Exactly, yeah. It's just you don't want to be responsible for that. Even if it's not today, later down in in their, like, life. Yeah. If they – if it's, say, oh, it stems from one punch and that causes all that stuff, like, it's just – you don't want that on you. It's not worth it either. Like, it's not showing anyone that you're tough. Exactly. It's showing people that you're an idiot. Anyway, we're getting off topic. That's my (laughs) fault. Um – so Hawthorne, Essendon rivalry. After the 2009 season where Essendon ended up making finals based on this game, Hawthorne mm. didn't. Essendon got knocked out. Let's not talk about that. Um, Hawthorne's CEO, Ian Robson, actually quit to go to Essendon. What a man. Alistair, what Clark- a man. Alistair Clarkson was not pleased. Yeah. Nothing's been as brutal since these incidents, mm. but everyone remembers them. And every time the fixture comes out, that's always one that people kind of keep an eye on. Yeah. Because especially... Now that both teams are very... Well, Hawthorne less so this year because of some injuries that they've got and some yeah. aging players, but they've been very big-bodied midfields that are very brutal in the sense of the football aspect, not yeah. the aggression aspect. And it's always been a really kind of... Like, just big hits in terms of body hits and stuff. Yeah. And that is probably where the rivalry's at now. They obviously don't like each other. They obviously look at these games being conditioned to think about them, but they go in and do it in a football way now instead of in a let's punch people in the face way. Yeah, exactly. It's more like if we if we were to have a melee, we're losing a game for what? Yeah. A punch. Yeah. Like, otherwise we can just win the game and that's probably more, has more of a point. And it hurts them more. Yeah, exactly. You beating them. Yeah. Especially in what is probably going to be a pretty tight season again. Oh, exactly. Especially like, well, Essendon's expected to make finals. With, Which always ends well for you, doesn't oh, it? I, I have low expectations. I always say to people, <laughs> as long as it's continued improvement, I'm happy. Not yeah. like the old nuffies who are like, oh, if, we, if Dylan Shield doesn't win the Brownlow and Essendon don't win the Premiership, it's a failed year. And you wouldn't, you'd think that's ridiculous, but I've literally read that on Essendon posts. Thank you for coming and listening to me rant about how stupid it is to punch people. I love talking about Essendon, so thank you. (laughs) We should have you back for another Essendon chat, so start to think about things you want to talk about. Done. Um, And if anyone has requests on stories they want told, definitely send them through on Twitter uh, at PlayOnRadioMelb. Otherwise, I'll be back in a couple of days with another I See It But I Don't Believe It. And check out some of Chris's stuff. He is a band manager and he's working with Price Park. Yep. Jumbo Mavis. Yep. The Hiding. The Hiding is the other one that I forgot. Sorry. (laughs) Uh, So check out those bands. They're they're being played on Play On Radio as well. So make sure you're listening. Anyway, I've been Gemma Bastiani. That's been Chris and I'll be back in a couple of days. 